This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the I'm Fat Podcast. Uh, uh, snacks are uh, best saved for later. With Jay Zawoski. That man ate all our shrimp and two plastic lobsters. And Rick Camp. Out the mist came a beast more stomach than man. Welcome into the sixth edition of the I'm Fat Podcast. Yes, we're actually recording an episode I'm Camp, along with Jay Zawoski. Hi. It's been a while, Jay. Well, we're fat and lazy. This I mean, is true. Th- I was just telling you off the air, this is a true story. It's hard to find a motivation after the show to do the podcast because we could either be eating mm-hmm. or podcasting. And for the two of us, the there's really no competition. Eating will always win out. Um, but today, I'm sacrificing lunch. At least delaying lunch. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to bring you guys the oh, fattiest oh. things in the vending machine. Rick, are you a Rhesus guy? No, Rick, that's you don't know Rick butter. at all. Rick hates skins. peanut butter. I'll go sriracha ranch. Oh, the large size. Yeah, I tried to find you the best thing for hey, the podcast. It's only 300 calories yeah. per pack, Mitch. Thanks. Well, good luck, guys. Have 240. Yeah. It's only 18% of my daily value of fat. <laughs> Just get nine more. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is our number one fan, by the way. He Even really- though he doesn't know you hate peanut butter. Well, you know, hey, he's our boss. He lets us do this in the studio, so whatever. Yeah, no complaints until we start selling ads. Yeah, well, anyway. Either way, uh, since it has been a while, yeah. follow us on Twitter. We do have a Twitter account at I'm Fat Pod, no apostrophe. And now the big news surrounding the podcast, besides the fact that we're doing one right now, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Whatever podcast app you have, you can download the I'm Fat podcast, find all the previous five episodes. We'll be tweeting this out on our own Twitter accounts as well. Jay's at jayzawoski670. I'm at rickcamp670. And we have a lot to get to today, and Jay has a train to catch. So what, <laughs> later on, Jay has hot chicken thoughts we're going to get into. Oh, lots of those. We have hot weather fat hacks, because since at least here in the Chicagoland area, it has gotten warm. We have fat hacks for dealing with all that hot weather, and we have ask a fat questions. But for those that don't remember, the last time we were with you, no, was that a harp? Is that what that was? No, it was kind of like the Wayne's World thing. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So it was bad though. Gotcha. I I kind of got what you were doing a little bit. Yeah, sort of. Either way, not really. The final four of March Fatness was happening at that point. Pizza prevailed. So. As part of the induction process, we have to do our ode to pizza. The first inductee to the Onion Ring of Honor. And, and Rick, when this happened, it was a little bit of an upset for us. I thought we were expecting maybe a person to be put into the Onion Ring of Honor. But as time has gone by and we've had time to process this induction, it really makes a lot of sense. Because 
I've had this discussion uh, since the Final Four happened. The Flabby Four? Is that what we called it? The Flabby yeah. Four? And the, it's it's really true. If you're out with friends and you're trying to discuss, like, oh, what are we going to get for dinner? You know, I don't know. Like, we could maybe get some Chinese food or, I don't know, maybe we can go out for some wings or whatever. Finally, when everyone's just frustrated, no one knows what to do, somebody says, you know what, screw it, let's just get pizza. And everyone's like, yes, let's just do that. It's easy. Everyone's happy. Everyone's satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it satisfies everybody. It is uh, the ultimate food for all people. Even, like, vegans find a way to make pizza happen, right? They mostly ruin it, but yes. Sure, but they'll go out of their way to, like, okay, the one thing I have to have is some sort of pizza. Mm-hmm. So it is a uh, it is definitely deserving of our first spot in the Onion Ring of Honor. Another great thing is just the versatility of pizza. Yeah. You can get pizza with really whatever you want on it. Different sauces, different toppings, different crusts. You know, being here in the Chicagoland area, having the deep dish versus pan versus thin crust, all of which are done really well around here. You know, that's great for us. And even though we are specific and we say no pineapple on your pizza. Never. Because it's pineapple. Unless you're eating by yourself. Spiegel. Yes. So... But well, that, that's, that's another great thing. Like, Okay, where are you on the California pizza, which is pretty much when people start putting dumb crap on pizza. That's what I consider a California pizza. I just don't ever need it. I It's fine. Right. I, like, I'll, here's, the, here's the things I will allow on pizza, right? Aside from sausage, pepperoni, cheese, the obvious. Um, I can do peppers. Yeah. Like green peppers I can handle. Mm-hmm. I can handle, like, chunks of tomatoes. I can handle onions if they're cooked, you know, not like, not that they would be raw, but white onion, not red onion. They got to be small, too. I don't want a giant chunk of pepper or onion or whatever. I want it damn near diced. I can do mushrooms. I don't don't know what they really add, but I'm not going to cry if there's mushrooms on there. I'll I'll battle through it. I never order them myself, but, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I would say the same thing for olives. Like, if they're there, I'll eat them. I might knock a couple off. But I can tolerate that. Beyond that, beyond the basic pizza toppings, I'm out. Jardinera? Eh, I'm not. Just a, This is a fat confession, a fat fashion, if you will. I'm not a big fan of Jardinera. I don't like the, the texture of it. I don't like the crunchiness really? of Jardinera. I know. I don't. I just, we and you talk about textures all the time. Yes. And it's that's a thing that affects me with food. And I just don't like the somewhat, like the halfway soft and hard texture of Jardinera. I just don't like it. I love the taste. Yes. I love the Flavor profile, all that stuff, but I don't like the texture of it itself. I'd rather like dr- drink the oil than than actually like crunch into jardinera. Interesting. There's a place by my house uh, called Doocracy that it's essentially like an assembly line pizza place. It's it's yeah in the format of like a Subway or something like, like that. Like a Blaze Pizza or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just do regular sauce, fresh mozzarella, pepperoni, and light jardinera. I don't you, like I don't like a ton of it on there, but like Jardiner, I'm very much a simpleton. Period, but especially when it comes to my pizza. So when you say fresh mozzarella, do you mean like the sliced, um, it's like, like the, the ball, yeah. or do you mean like, like shredded it, normal pizza? No, cheese? it's like the little ball. I okay. mean that's the way they do it there. I'm down for either, obviously, but 
they do it where they have the little ball and it's portioned out and then they just break that ball oh, apart. That sounds good. Yeah, it's really good. Let me ask you this. And this is a uh, if we have people listening outside of Chicago, I think a lot of people assume that Chicagoans just eat deep dish. Like when we no. go out for pizza, that's what we get. Pub style, right? That's the I would say nine times out of ten, probably actually more than that. Probably like 15 out of 20 or 15 out of, thir- you know, whatever. I'm ordering pub style thin crust pizza. Are yeah. you the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe among non-fats, it's an even higher percentage. The only time in the course of a year that Chicagoans will have deep dish is when people from out of town are here. Maybe a one or two times. Like I would say deep dish happens a handful of times a year. That's probably true. Normally. Yeah. I think that's accurate. And, uh, pan, now and again, you know, if, if you mix in pan, then that happens a little bit as well. Like Melnati's. Do you consider Melnati's deep dish? I think I always have. I don't know if it technically is, but I just always have. When I say deep dish, at least for myself, I'm referring to like Gino's or Giordano's where it's significantly like three or four inches deep, almost like a casserole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lou's is, is, to me, that I would define that as pan where it's maybe like a two-inch crust, and it's not like totally, totally gooey, cheesy. Yeah, I could see that. So I feel like pub-style thin crust cut in squares most often, then like the Melnati style, if it's there, if it's Paisano's or whatever, and then I would, like, you're right, deep dish maybe a handful of times a year. I will say, though, the Giordano's here in Prudential Plaza, they have a 20% off deal. You get a personal deep dish, soup, and is it a drink or there's something else? There's one more thing you get with it. I didn't know. Uh, this. And it's like 11 bucks. Really? And you get 20% off for being an employee here. Wow. So that has increased my deep dish intake. So how many deep dishes are you getting then? Since it's a personal size. So for us, that's like half a serving, right? <laughs> well, for lunch with the soup in the other side, whatever it is, okay. um, it's more than enough to fill me. And that's saying something. Cause, you mean just get you to home? Right. Get me home until uh, the meal between lunch and dinner. But the personal pizza is like, I'm showing my hands here, maybe like like, a, like the six, width of a softball, like a 16-inch softball. Okay. So, yeah. It's, I mean, it's four decent like corner-sized slices. It's, pretty, it's a good deal. Mentioning that, we've thrown a couple names out. What are your go-to pizza places? They could be local or chain wise whatever yeah my favorite pizza place and it will never change is rosangela's pizza it's in evergreen park on 95th in california right across from little company and mary hospital that's the classic pub style it's been there for over 50 years Mm -hmm. the same families owned it from day one the dad did it then the sons now run it the mother is still there you know making the sauce everything there is amazing uh you know like when you take your friends out to a place you like you get sort of the anxiety of man i hope they like it when i take people to los angeles i get excited because i know they're gonna love it and the weird thing about los angeles is you can't i mean you can but I never have it without fries. Their fries, they have these really kind of like crispy home cut fries. And I never feel that way with any other pizza. I never get fries with pizza. But when I'm at Los Angeles, I have to get fries too. If you're from the South Side, make sure if you've not already gone, go to Los Angeles, 95th in California. You can't miss it. It's awesome. It's great. And once you go there, you'll go all the time because it is the best. And it's constantly crowded. It's, you know, from the minute they open to the minute they close, there's people there. And my dad, his, he's turning, uh, his, he's got his birthday next week, and that's the place he wants to go because he doesn't get there as often as he used to. So that's where we're going, and I cannot wait. That is my favorite place. And if we're talking deep dish, 
I'm a big fan of Uno. No one talks about Uno. Um, I think it's a good kind of in between of Melnati's and Geo's, where it's thick, but it's not like super, super overly cheesy. I'm a big fan of Uno or Due. It's kind of the same thing. That's my favorite as far as deep dish goes. I think. Part oh of God, oh, Pequods. Sorry, Pequods. Then Uno and Due. Okay, my bad. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. There's not an Uno's anywhere near me out in the Western Burbs. I don't think so. There's just not any of them near me, so I have a hard time going there. Uh, if I'm doing deep dish around my area, not a lot of options on the deep dish side, so I end up, we we have a Malnati's across the street. So when I want something like that, I go there. Pal Joey's in West Chicago. I know I've mentioned them on here before, but just to reiterate, more of a pan style, like a, a, a shorter pan style, but just the crust is fantastic. The sauce is what puts them over the top, and I just get their pepperoni pizza, and it is it's the best. That it's, sounds... it's been around from the time I was little, still there, moved locations, still have all their business. It's just great. That's great. And every, see, everybody's got, everybody in Chicago has that place where it's been there forever. They've been going there forever, and it will always be their place. And I wonder if it's, if part of the love of places like that is just the familiarity of I've had this forever. This is what when I think of pizza, this is the place I think of. So it's the place I love the most. I thought that for a long time until I started bringing people to Los Angeles. And I'm sure you've had the same experience where the people are like, holy crap, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. How have I missed this my whole life? That that validation, though, is the best feeling anywhere you bring somebody for food. Like, OK, I hope they like this and they love it. That's the best feeling. I love that. Absolutely. So now. You have been, I assume this is Nashville inspired since you were just in Nashville. You have hot chicken takes. I don't know what these takes are, so I'm just giving the floor to you. Well, they're not so much takes as they're just sort of love letters. And we went to uh, two of the three top hot chicken places in Nashville. Uh, The most popular is Hattie B's. That's really sort of taken off during the hot chicken. I guess you'd call it a trend. I guess it's a trend at this point. It's almost reached explosion levels. Yeah. Hattie B's is like the one where I think we're more of the tourists go. It's good. Locals eat there, but I think that's the place. So Hattie B's very good. We went to Bolton's and we'd heard from, you know, I follow like a lot of musicians on Twitter and stuff and they always talk about Bolton's, Bolton's, Bolton's. So that was the first place Hope and I went when we got to Nashville and I'll be honest, like we walked in and it was it was a hole in the wall. Like the it was dirty. There were like the tables hadn't been cleaned. You couldn't see like back in the kitchen. It was a little bit concerning, right? It was like, oh God, this place looks a little kind of shady. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the food came out, we stopped feeling that way. The chicken was amazing. The sides were really great. Hot chicken's not for everybody. Bolton's, I'll say, if you are going to Nashville, just runs hotter than Hattie B's. So if you're like, I like things really spicy, and you get the hot at Bolton's, you're going to be in trouble. It's it's really, really, really hot. So I'd go with the medium. I had trouble getting through the medium there. Hattie B's, in the meantime, I said, all right, I'm going to do medium here too, and I had wished it was hotter. So Hattie B's runs a little bit not as hot. The other place we haven't gone yet, and we'll go next time, is Prince's. That's supposed to be the other sort of long-time iconic Nashville hot chicken place. But if you're not going to get to Nashville anytime soon, they just opened a place in Oakland called Fry the Coop on 95th Street, just between Cicero and Central. It is as good as any of the hot chicken I've had in Nashville. A little more, it's a little breadier, more crunchy than maybe traditional hot chicken, but amazing home cut fries. They also have a hot chicken donut sandwich, 
which listeners to Bernstein and McKnight will know, we talked about the 7-Eleven donuts, the Tallarico Martin Bakery donuts. Yeah. These are the same donuts they use at Fry the Coop that 7-Eleven Tallarico Martin uses, and they were the best we've had in forever. So uh, Fry the Coop on 95th Street in Oakland between Cicero and Central. If you're looking for an authentic hot chicken experience, go there and know, too, their hot is hot. So if you're feeling tough... And you order the hot. No, it's going to be tough. Like for me, I get like I start to get the the hot, the sweats a little bit, and the little bit of the hallucination from the hot. Wow. And they've got to level up from there. So just know if you like hot, the hot is plenty hot for you. But fry the coop, Oaklawn, it's awesome. And again, Rick and I want to state this: none of these places are advertisers. We're just they're not. We have no sponsors to this podcast. It's truly just a love of food and yeah, sharing we our jack favorite places. Off of this right now, yeah. So far, we'll get more. Don't worry. Um, but. These are not endorsements. We're just saying these are awesome places to go. So I'm from the South Side, live in Homewood now, grew up in Oak Lawn. Um, that's sort of my specialty. Rick is from Geneva, so he's out west. Um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of people chiming in uh, to our emails and to our Twitter with their favorite places up north. So, um, yeah, I but Fry the Coop, Oak Lawn, make a trek because it's as close as you're going to get to Nashville in the Chicagoland area. Make sure you tweet your recommendations to the podcast at I'm Fat Pod. I have a confession. Uh-oh. I have never had at like what's advertised as hot chicken. Well, it's not it's not easy to find around here. That's the thing. There's right. a, a place um And I and I know like KFC advertises it, but I'm just not as big a fan of KFC. I will say the KFC one is not super far off from actual hot chicken. Hmm. It's not going to sell you on it, but if if you're like curious to what it's kind of like, the KFC one is pretty accurate. There's one up north called, uh, is it Longhorn? I think it's called Longhorn, and then I know there's one called the Budlong. Two Chicago authentic hot chicken places. I've not been to either, but both of them are uh, legit. I know people that have been there and said they're great. Um, so if you're in the city on the north side, which is probably where most of our audience is, knowing our, our audience... Um, I believe it's Longhorn and the Budlong are two really good. The, I, I know the Budlong just opened in Merchandise Mart, too. So if you work downtown, there's a place you can go. And Rick, when we have our food lunch dates, like we're having with uh, Rick with Ray Diaz tomorrow, yes. maybe one day we'll go to the Budlong and a Merchandise Mart, take the uh, Purple Line a couple stops over and dig in some hot chicken. That'd be good. Don't have to twist my arm for that. Yeah, seriously. I'm there for it. So we go from hot chicken to the result of hot chicken. And also, the result of the weather. Yeah. It has gone from barely spring to summer in two seconds in the Chicago area, and I know a lot of places around the country. So we have to help the fat community with some fat hacks for hot weather. Well, what's great about this is, and we threw this question out on various social media platforms, I've gotten a lot of response from women on this, which I thought was very interesting. My friend Jill, my best friend, she says layering is key. One shirt to soak up the sweat, the other for show. Also, crevice deodorant. So I guess she's saying, like, if you're a female or a portly gentleman like myself or Rick, the underboob deodorant, right? And anywhere else where sweat might go. So that that's a good tip from her. I have heard that one. Now, I'll, I'll get to my first one of mine because it gets to, it's along the same lines. Everybody thinks about the num- what was the number one seed in the fat accessories region of Gold Bond yeah. as an after the fact. How about pre-powdering? Okay. When you know you're going to be spending a decent amount of time either outside or, God forbid, walking or running, 
that then if you know it's going to be like that, layer up. Oh, you layer have up to. in that way. Powder up beforehand. Oh, that's. If, if, I mean, the best part of getting out of the shower is slapping the uh, the gold bond on, on the nutsack. There, that is just. <laughs> A delightful, tingling, cold sensation. And really, it has the effect of cooling your whole body. Uh, it really when does. You, when you, if you got, see, I don't want to be crude here. So if there's kids listening, you know, maybe turn it down for 30 seconds. I'm going to talk about testicles here because it's an important part of maintaining your heat levels in the summer. You, you tuck some gold bond or you get the spray. The spray works, too. Does it? I've, that uh, yeah. was, someone asked about the spray. If we tried it, I've never tried it. I have tried it. It works. It's not quite as good because you, you could take a handful of gold bond just stick it up there. Yeah, that was, that was Michael Love that uh, tweeted us wondering if we tried that. That's Yeah, I have tried it, and it works. Um, but the you know either way, to get that cold sensation down there, getting out of the shower, you got to be a little damp. Right, like don't totally dry off down there, mm-hmm. and slap the gold bond on. Then you have the interaction of the water and the powder, making just the the really cold feeling, and that that can cool your base down for a good chunk of the day. Yeah. It's like a junk gel. <laughs> it really is, and it sticks with you. It really, gold bond's got the staying power, so I, I really like that. Um, th- to me, that is invaluable, and uh, yeah, that is the best feeling, man. It's slapping that gold bond on in the morning yeah. after the shower. So another hot weather fat hack is just as any weather changes you pretty much have to change your wardrobe a little bit Mm -hmm. no and this may be just completely obvious but you have to state it no gray clothing oh that's that's for sure you cannot wear gray shirt shorts whatever gray is out the only way gray is acceptable is if it's and this kind of leads into another one for me the travel shirt if you are someone that doesn't have air conditioning in your car or has not great air conditioning in your car, I had to do this for years. When I was working, living in West Chicago, working in Lombard, and also working here in the city, I had no air conditioning in my car. So sometimes I would leave with three sets of clothing on a day. I would have my stuff to go to job one, my stuff for job two, and my shirt to wear while traveling. You keep it in the car all week or until it just really gets rank and you just wear that when you're tra- when you're in the car, whatever it is, you have that. So that's your sweatshirt essentially. So that way when you switch shirts, you maybe slap on a new bit of deodorant and you're socially acceptable. That's a great move. I really like that. That's, that's a veteran move right there. And I will say like before I had, uh, I started some medications that have reduced my overall body moisture so i don't sweat like i used to but i used to be like you're describing where i knew to plan ahead like okay we're going to this wedding right so the shirt i'm going to wear it has to be dark or white i can't wear like a sky blue or a gray right because i the sweat's happening our, our guy herb lawrence can speak to this too you have to strategically choose your shirt and while people might look at you and say like hey it's really hot out why are you wearing black or navy blue you'll understand because either way i'm going to be sweating I'd rather be a little bit hotter and not have you see every drop of sweat on my body. And it's slimming. That's that's true. At least that's what women tell me. I don't know. Yeah, like, that's the kind of thing I have to do. I am not like Jill where she said layer. Layering is a no-go for me. I See, I used to be the undershirt guy where I, no matter what, undershirt, under t-shirt, and I've stopped doing that, and I feel like it's helped a lot. The only the only downside to it is when you sweat or really just in general the whole man boob situation, yeah. you know, having a bit of having a bit of, you know, the nip pop. 
Oh, Nip Pop for me is a 24-7 issue, so I, I've just kind of given up on trying to stop it. I can't bring myself to, like, wear man pasties. Yeah, no. So if you know me and you see me, you're going to see my nipples. I'm sorry. It's just I, I have no control it's over it. It's actually a bonus. They're per- perpetually perky, and uh, there's nothing I can really do about it. So And something else that goes along with that, too, in the heat, prioritizing lighter shirts. So like me, I have a few Carhartt shirts because they're pretty good for fat people yeah the problem is they're thicker yeah they're thick thick shirts so not only knowing to get lighter shirts know how many you have and then just realize okay i'm i probably do laundry how whatever your time period is for me i do laundry every seven to ten days yeah so i'll say okay i have seven to ten days here what are the days i can get away with having a heavier shirt on I try and look at the weather, not for anything else, not for what I could do that day, for what days can I get away with wearing a heavier shirt? Yeah, that's good planning on your part. I I, I do definitely have shirts. Like, I don't even buy shirts that are like the real thick. Uh, like I think, or are they Hanes beefy tees where they're like really, really thick? They don't breathe. All the shirts I have now are like the one I'm wearing, which everyone at home can see. Obviously, like these heathered, kind of like the lighter, like worn T-shirts. Yeah. And they fit me better, and they breathe better, and I don't sweat nearly as much. I have a couple of those, like, really, really heavy Mm T-shirts. And, yeah, they're great. They're sturdy. They last forever, whatever. I'm sweating my newts off in that thing, and it's not comfortable for me. So I like the light, breathable, thin stuff. The downside of these, though, is, like you said, it doesn't spare a lot of detail on your body when the shirt is thin. Like, the beefy ones will lay better where you don't see every nook and cranny. The thin shirts, they show stuff. And it's it's a balance like, of like gratuitous amounts of sweat in the rolls that they show. Right. Or like here is exactly how my stomach is shaped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it can be it can be problematic, but there's a choice you have to make. Yeah. And I and I'm with you on where we both fall on that issue. But everybody has their own personal preference. So look yourself in the mirror and decide. Yeah. And ask a friend. Yeah. Find a friend. Like, is this OK? Can I wear this? Yeah. I had to a do friend that, this that A friend that will be honest with you. Yeah. Well, like my wife here, she also says uh, for our, yeah. our female listeners, she says, <laughs> she says it's all about the shirts, uh, not shirts, shorts under a skirt. The only way to live. Now, what I found out mm. from women is if you're wearing a long dress, like something that goes to the ground or to your ankles, yeah. they get really hot in the summer. That was a surprising oh, revelation that. to me. If it goes, yeah, if they go all the way down, it's essentially just like wearing looser pants. But I mean- these are even like t-shirt material skirts, though. I'm not talking like an evening gown. I mean like t-shirty short like skirts. My wife says like if she's wearing that and it's too hot, she's got to change because it just gets nothing like no air flows and it gets yeah. Rough I I I think I can understand that a little more because for me having material covering my entire leg when it's hot out is just a no go to start. From Jump Street, that's a problem for me. Like, you, on a day like today, you're wearing jeans. Yeah. I can't do that. I will be even more of a sweaty mess than normal if I'm wearing jeans on a hot day. I need to be wearing shorts. I'm weird about jeans at work, and I'm trying to get over it because no one else cares, and truly no one cares at all here if I wear shorts or not. Five to nine, maybe. But it's probably because I'm old. Yes. Well, it's probably because I'm very, very old, and I think just people don't want to see my legs. Um, And plus, I take the train. My train's early, so I don't really have to be outside until I get home. Because the train station is in the basement of the building here. Get on the train, get off. I envy my... you so much yeah. for that. So I don't really have to deal with the elements too much. So I'll wear jeans on days I don't have to walk very much downtown. Speaking of the metro, by the way. Yes. 
I know you're not a train rider, but I know for sure there's people that relate to this. I already said I'm I'm not a person that's generally sweaty. Like if you look at me right now, nothing. No pit stains, no swass, no swoobs, nothing. I'm very dry right now. The second I get on the Metro and sit on that those like pleather seats. Oh yeah, those there's, ones are awful. Oh my god. There's some sort of chemical in there that just sucks all the sweat out of you. Yesterday I'm riding home. I'm sitting on a chair and I feel like the sweat, like, you know, you could feel it like running down your ribs, mm-hmm. like, and like pooling underneath you. Like, oh God, like this shirt's going to look awful. And this poor girl sits next to me. So instead of like sitting back against the chair and sweating the whole time, I just sat forward with my hands on my knees. So my actual like back never touched the metro seat. Yep. Because I knew if I did, as soon as I stood up. Instant Well, not only that, there'd be a like a wet mark on the seat back. From my sweaty back. Yeah, and that happens point. on the Metro in the winter. Like if I'm wearing a, do you get this too, Rick? Like if you're wearing a fleece shirt and you're up against like a leather or pleather seat. Yeah, it's game that, over. Why? I don't get that. Like why does fleece draw sweat out? I don't know. So this is just a regular fat hack and maybe it's just logic of being the larger sweaty guy that I am. Mm-hmm. I will play to it. If I, I, when I take the train, I normally get on the train early. To get a better seat. That's a good move. So what I end up doing is I put my stuff next. I, I, I'm not normally a big put everything in the seat next to me. Uh, what I'll do is I'll act a little like irritated. I'll be pulling on my shirt like I'm sweating. I want to play up the fact that I am a big, fat, sweaty guy so that nobody wants to sit next to me. I like and then that. the second the train starts pulling away, I'm good. All right. Let me ask you this. Fat fashion. Have you ever done the... Uh, in case of swass, wipe the seat stand-up move, where you sort of like you're sitting on a chair and you think there might be swass on the chair, so you sort of swipe with your butt and then stand up. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Thank yes. you. I know there's fat people or 100%. regular people, normies as we call them, listening to this podcast that have done the swass wipe stand-up. And if you've done that, you've got to tweet us at I'm Fat Pod. Uh, and use hashtag I'm a fat. The swass wipe stand up is the veteran move. Uh, I remember as a child, the first time I saw sweat, like, again, I'm being a little crude here, but the perfectly like b-hole shaped sweat mark <laughs> from, <laughs> from the condensation and being horrified, like, oh my God, how many people saw that? So now pretty much anytime I stand up, I do the swipe. I do the you're scoot just, to the left or right and like use my butt. Use my jeans to like wipe any potential oh uh, wet spots <laughs> before perfect. I stand up. That's I know I'm not alone. I'm happy no, I'm not alone. I no, I've done it. I th- I bet every fat has done that. Every fat has done that. Uh, Want to remind everybody again before we get out yeah. of here because we still got we still have your ask a fat questions. You can now subscribe to the pod on iTunes, on Google Play, whatever podcast you have. Rate and also review the podcast. That's you, the best thing. Subscribe if, and review. Yeah, if you enjoy what we're doing here, if you can relate, if if you even if you're a normie and you listen and you're just getting the best of what fat culture is, hey, tell us that you enjoy that. So please leave us five-star reviews. Just leave us reviews. That's what we want. We want to find out what everybody likes and doesn't like about the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at I'm Fat Pod. We have your Ask a Fat questions. We got to get back in the groove of doing this. Yeah, we will be. We'll get back. Yeah. So our guy, Russ Schneider. Hello, Russ. The first question, what are your thoughts on non-traditional s'mores? His example, we're using Kit Kat instead of Hershey's, Carmelo, Reese's, anything along those lines. Mm, I'd try it, but I think the very simple s'more is, is pretty much flawless. Like, it doesn't need much tweaking. Like, could I deep fry a pizza? Yes, but it doesn't mean I should. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think s'mores are fine as they are. They don't need any improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's 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 my take on that. How yeah. About you? Yeah. I'm a traditionalist on s'mores. Now, now, if you want to add an element like caramel, like instead of doing the is it caramello? Is that how you say it? Or, I, I don't it all know. depends on how you say caramel. Right. I say, yeah, I, I know I say caramel, but I know it's caramel. Right. I'm with um, you on that. But I, I say I, I think I say caramello, though. When yeah, I'm talking about yeah I say caramel, but I say caramello. Yeah. Either way, why not just get like the little chunks of caramel and just throw that on there at the same time that you're making your s'more, so then you just have that along with your marshmallow along with your chocolate. Why not just do it that way? Okay. Yeah, same I'm part down. of the aisle. It just makes sense. I understand if you want to do peanut butter, which is disgusting, but that's, you know, a whole other thing stop it i just want to trigger you before we get out of here sorry right. i got three of these reese's for mitch sitting right next yeah. to me yeah all right i got a question here from jamie o'shea as it goes back to our pizza discussion okay he says uh what's your favorite non-chicago kind of pizza the new haven the buffalo the california we talked about the california a little bit the new york style if you're not having chicago pub style or deep dish what's your next go-to yeah new york yeah i kind of agree and i i will say peace you're into peace no up north okay peace is awesome they they credit themselves as the New Haven, but when I'm there, I always get like traditional like red sauce instead of the white sauce. Uh, so I think yeah, that then it becomes New York style by putting the red sauce on. As far as I know, so I'll say I agree. The big floppy slices of New York pizza where you can eat them in two bites, those are tremendous. Like mm-hmm. Sabaro, yeah, yeah, Sabaro is fantastic, especially for for the type of place that it is. It's really really good. By the way, also. White, maybe I just haven't had great white sauce, but white sauce can kiss my ass. Yeah, I agree. No, get it, get it away from me. Um, it falls into my category of ranch and uh, sour cream and all those white sauces I don't want any part of. Uh, yeah, what what is that? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. Whatever the white sauce is, yeah, keep it. Yeah. Um. By the way, Sabaro, you qualified it as you know, quote for a, for what it is. It's well, great. As, you don't even as, need to qualify. No, it. It Sabaro's no. awesome ass pizza. I love Sabaro. No, it is, but especially. Yes. Especially for the type that it is. Okay, along the same lines as Russ's question. Okay. This is from Adam. With chocolate cereal, how often do you double down on the chocolate? Something like, in his example that I would never use, is Reese's Puffs with chocolate milk. Mm. That's like two things that I wouldn't do, because I don't put milk and the cereal together, and it's Reese's. Um, I have never done that. It's intriguing. I do love the, obviously, when you have the cocoa puffs with the milk, the milk then becomes chocolate milk. But I'm with you. I am typically a dry cereal guy because I usually eat it more as a snack than as a meal. Yeah. But, yeah, i definitely try that. I'm on board for that for sure. Hell yeah. So, Tim, and this is the last question that I have, essentially sent us a picture of what looked like a delicious hot dog yes. that was covered with cheese and then had pepperoni on top of it. There's yeah. nothing wrong there. No. Not at all. No. So basically, how about that whole deal? And that whole deal is fantastic to me. Yeah. We should retweet that. That looks amazing. Just melt cheese on something and I'm in for the most part. That that sounds tremendous. And by the way, speaking of uh, melting cheese on stuff, one, one, one pizza thing we failed to mention, which is often overlooked but always loved, is the French bread pizza. Yes. Like even if Red Baron? Red Baron. But listen, here's what I do. And this, you'll have yourself a night if you do this. Uh, go to Jimmy John's and buy their day-old bread. Get it for, it's a buck. Some Usually they'll just hand it to you because they're going to throw it out anyway. But it's a buck for a big, like, Jimmy John's sandwich-sized piece of bread. Go home, slice it, 
I use um oh crap La Pasta no not La Pasta Dita. crap I'll I'll tweet out the name of the sauce I use some oh Pastorelli that's it Pastorelli pizza sauce get some oregano I've covered I love oregano oh, tons of oregano oregano is fantastic yeah go get some uh, sausage whatever you want like uh, I will just buy like an Italian sausage link and just break it up sprinkle it more oregano cheese some crushed red pepper throw that in the oven and you've got yourself. Like, if you go out and buy all that stuff, it's like six bucks, and you're totally full, and you're super happy. That's amazing. And it's amazing. French bread pizza from crappy microwave style to gourmet made-at-home style is awesome. And uh, it's funny that there's not, like, a plate, like a restaurant, like a chain that makes French bread pizzas. That place would be the most... Rick, I think we have an idea. That's that's what we call a marketing efficiency, right. friends. Uh, censor that part of the podcast so no okay. one steals our idea. Okay. So before we get out of here, because it's already that time, we, al- we always joke about how, yeah, or not joke, but we always say, oh, yeah, it goes by really quick. That's not that's not just something we say. It really does once we get started talking about food. It truly is incredible how fast the time goes. We got to give a shout out to the Chicago Dogs. Oh, yeah. New independent baseball team, not just because they're named the Dogs, but because their jerseys are cool. Yes. And their hats have hot dogs on them. You're combining the Chicago flag and hot dogs. To me, that's a perfect combination. It really is. So I think we have to adopt them as the official baseball team of the I'm Fat podcast. I agree. They're in. We need to work out some sort of marketing deal where we wear their clothes while we podcast or something. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm down for that. That's Larry Diaz's department. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna have the vegan be part of the i'm fat podcast yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward by the way to our jackfruit uh lunch date with ray tomorrow yes at uh what is it blackwood blackwood barbecue it's kind of a chain new place uh they serve obviously real barbecue but if you're a vegan like ray for some reason they serve a pulled it's like a pulled jackfruit sandwich that is closely resembles pulled pork it's very interesting Check so it out. yeah so we will look at him disapprovingly while eating our real barbecue yes he can have his fake barbecue and we'll all enjoy ourselves and we'll probably report back on that the next time that we podcast hopefully in just a couple weeks yep sounds good to me cool so once again subscribe to us on itunes google play your podcast provider i'm rick camp he is Jay Zawaski. He has to go catch a train, and we don't want to make him run. So Jay is gone. At Jay Zawaski 670. I'm at Recamp 670. The podcast is at I'm Fat Pod. We'll talk to you next time on the I'm Fat Podcast. All right. I think we got a lot accomplished here today. When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. It's time for some Straight Talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com.